This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is BGN Radio. Welcome to This Week in Fantasy. Don't just think about a fantasy tonight. Pick <clears throat> no, um... Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll take Toby Gerhardt for Matt Forte, you son of a... That's more like it. It's This Week in Fantasy. With Tony Casali from FFToolbox.com, James Seltzer from RotoWire.com, and your host, This guy sucks. John Barchard. Week number 10, it's uh, getting closer and closer to uh, playoffs and uh, trade deadlines are pretty much done and uh, it's really hard to pick up anybody off of waivers, but uh, hopefully we can uh, we can dissect and find some uh, niches and uh, little secrets throughout uh, the, the fantasy world. Welcome once again to This Week in Fantasy, uh, heard right here on uh, BleedingGreenNation.com at Liberty Broadcast. Dot co uh you know we didn't we really didn't talk about it but i actually thought the sits and starts from last weekend went pretty well um my, my only one is kind of my crabtree one i uh, recommended some him going over uh, rainy and that was kind of a a break even post there but any any brags or uh, uh, anything like that guys before we get started and everything else no i was just happy that i didn't tell people to sit big ben or anything like that <laughs> so that was good no, but uh, 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 telling people to start Denard Robinson, that was fun. That, that was, was a good fun. one. That was, but yeah, much. in general, definitely a, a nice week there. I, I felt good about those picks, which is nice. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, with with the quarterback situation, I, f- I figured it'd be all said and done after the kind of the Kyle Orton switch. There's nothing else that's really going to happen. And lo and behold, some injuries came. Obviously, we all know in Philadelphia, Mark Sanchez is your guy probably going forward for the rest of the season. We'll get into that in a little bit. A little bit interesting and I'm not quite sure why Bill O'Brien didn't pull the trigger earlier. Maybe he was just trying to learn the offense, but Ryan Mallett today named the starter for the Houston Texans. Tony, do you think that really improves anything uh, as far as in the passing game? Does that make Andre Johnson a little more valuable, DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, any, anything there that you see happening in Houston? Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure because part of this is going to depend on whether or not Arian Foster is going to be healthy. And I think he's likely they think he's going to play if he's going to be a little bit gimpy. I mean, that offense, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick was always a serviceable quarterback or an excellent backup quarterback. 
I, I don't know that it's going to change too much. I think he's going to, you're going to have a little bit bigger arm. You might see some bigger plays uh, deeper down the field. Uh, they're probably going to blitz him a ton. They're going to, you know, see if he can handle the pressure. And it's really, he, you know, he is unproven there. And they've got to find out if he if he can do it. Um, I think it actually, assuming he's healthy, I think it's going to uh, help Arian Foster. I think they're going to have to lean on him even more. He's had an excellent year. I think they're going to continue to lean on him. I think you'll even see a little bit more of Alfred Blue, even with a healthy Arian Foster. I think they're going to use him a little bit more. Um, but of course, yeah, they're going to want to see what Mallet's capable of, but I don't think it's going to change drastically. Um, either of the, uh, Hopkins or Johnson, uh, that might be a wait and see. I'd start them both as you normally would, whether, uh, uh, Fitzpatrick was in or not. Um, but I do not think right off the bat, it's going to be a major difference for either of those guys. One of the major concerns that I have too, is one that, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a quarterback change as well. I don't, I'm not really sure why, why they are deciding to sit Mike Glennon. Second thing was how they announced it. It was having Mike Glennon announce it on a radio show down in Florida, uh, <laughs> which was interesting. But I guess the cat was kind of already out of the bag. Anyway, um, I you know Mike Evans had such a great game last week, and it got me really excited because I had ended up trading Roddy White for him in a little bait and switch. Um, and I, I really thought that he was going to be one of those guys that eventually break out with Glennon, and now McCown comes in. Um, I, I mean, are you running away from everything here, James, that's involved in Tampa Bay offensively? Um, not really. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of that offense to begin with, uh, other than Evans recently. And Evans has looked good. Uh, you know, he's got over 50 yards receiving and uh, I think like four straight, uh, you know, obviously the, the 124 yards or whatever it was, two touchdowns last week looked really good. The guy is finally starting to look like a, a professional player in the NFL, but um, I, I don't. I honestly don't think that much changes from Glennon to McCown. I know how bad McCown looked at the beginning of the season. I don't think he's very good, but I honestly don't think Mike Glennon's very good either. I mean, what has this guy really done to show you that that he deserves to run the offense? Yeah, I guess not much, but it's. Uh, I really think that it's really think yep. it's a, just a move to dump and get go get Mariota. No, <laughs> yeah, I was no, gonna say, Mariota look good in there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I'm with you. I think that's the right move. That's what they should do. This team is not making the playoffs. So why not make a move to try and. You know, lose games. In theory, no team is going out to lose games. But if you're putting a team out on the field that has a maybe a, a better chance for future development and, and a better chance to put you in a spot to get a quarterback, maybe you consider it. And I just don't think there's a huge difference. I know that McCown was was god awful in the the few starts he had this beginning of the year, and and Glennon and Evans have seemed to gel quite a bit. But I think that Evans and Jackson are going to do what they do. They're both big, strong, physical weapons out there. Quarterbacks, whether it's McCown or Glennon, will find a way to get them the ball at least enough to to have some fantasy relevance, but ultimately I, I'm not a big Tampa guy one way or the other. I don't think the quarterback switch is going to make a huge difference stats wise. Are you a, a, a tone? I'm curious. You, you sit in Mike Evans this week. He's, I mean, uh, he's going up against Atlanta at home, but I just, I mean, is that, is that, no, I think I would actually start him this week, and I think it has more to do with his matchup than his quarterback. I I, I think they do want to know what they have there. I think they are going to – I think they'll split it up a little bit. I think they'll still be uh, – they'll run in the first half of the game when they think they've still got a shot, and then the second half of the game they'll have to throw the ball. So Mike Evans still has some fa- fantasy relevance. I mean, look, neither of these quarterbacks have done anything. They have the lowest combined QBR of any you know team, and I don't even think it's close. Um, so, yeah. 
yeah, moving Glenn, I think it's a lateral move. So if you were going to start Evans, if he was your, you know, your uh, wide receiver three this week, I say keep him in there. Why not? You're going against Atlanta. Go ahead and throw him out there. See if he can get you some points. Uh, James and I are probably going to be talking about this at nauseum. Probably. I mean, we already pretty much are there and it's only been it's only been, what, three or four days now of Mark Sanchez taking over here in Philadelphia. Um, it's uh, there's been a ton of debate, I, you know, since week two going back and forth of, of can he run this offense? Will he be effective? Will he be more effective than, than Nick Foles? And James, I'm, I'm just, we're, we're here, you know, uh, are you, if you're telling people right now that need a quarterback, is Sanchez worth the waiver wire pickup this week? Yeah, I think he's worth the waiver wire pickup. I think he's worth a significant portion of whatever fab budget you have left. Uh, I think you have to take a risk on this guy. And obviously, John, on our you know, BGN preview show uh, on Friday, we're going to get into Sanchez in a lot more detail from an X's and O's, uh, you know, NFL perspective. But purely speaking on a, from a fantasy perspective here, the Eagles quarterback is a is a fantasy quarterback you want to own. Whoever that guy is, it's worth the risk. There are so many weapons around him. The offense moves the ball so well. I think they're fourth in the league in points, and they, and they haven't really gelled all season. It hasn't been that juggernaut of an offense we saw last season, and yet they're still putting points up on the board every single week. Uh, I just think that, that and look, from the little bit we've seen of Sanchez, whether it's the preseason or whether it's the, the little bit more than a half of football he played this past week, he looked good, John. I mean, he looked like he can move the t- team down the field. He looks like he understands the offense. It looks like the offense is suited to his talents. So, you know, I- I'm not going to go overboard and say, you know, Mark Sanchez is going to be Peyton Manning for the rest of the season. But is he worth picking up a- and possibly starting multiple weeks over the end of this fantasy season? Absolutely. I, I think there's no question about it, John. And, Tone, we're here kind of in a bubble. So I we we're, we just absorb what we see all the time from from kind of the outsider's perspective here. Fantasy wise, and even just your opinion in in general, because I'm curious, what do you expect out of Mark Sanchez in the Eagles' offense now? Well, I, I, you know, it is kind of strange just knowing how how involved with uh, the Eagles you guys are and how much you guys see from the inside. From the outside, I still think that Mark Sanchez doesn't enjoy the the reputation that would put him on people's fantasy radar. And you can take advantage of that. The waiver wires have passed this week, and he's still sitting on a lot of those uh, uh, waiver. Uh, he's still sitting out there for a lot, of, a lot of different leagues. And I think a lot of that just has to do with his general reputation. And it's not that people necessarily think he's a bad quarterback. And I think that people do understand that he came up on a really bad team. But I still think that there's a public perception of him as kind of a goofball or kind of a partier. Uh, and, and they don't necessarily uh, want to to drop somebody that's on their team to put Mark Sanchez on the team. And I think that's just sort of an outsider's perspective. I think just as a football fan, I'd like to see him do well. I like to see people get their second chance on a better team. I liked seeing Colt McCoy have a chance to play the other week on uh, on a better team and actually perform well. I like seeing Brandon Whedon getting the opportunity, although that didn't work out very well. <laughs> but you know what I mean? These guys who came up on really bad teams now having the opportunity to play with good teams. And then we can find out if these guys are actually, you know, uh, NFL caliber uh, starting quarterbacks or if they're just bench guys. But I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Sanchez, you know, probably available in about 75% of leagues right now. I haven't checked, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that. I think it's going to take a good game from him this weekend before people are going to jump on the bandwagon. So, I mean, if you think that he's going to be the guy, now's the time to get him. I mean, 
Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he is in a great offense. So there's absolutely no reason not to to go get him and stash him on your bench and just see if maybe uh, maybe he can lead the offense and, and do a little bit better than he did last week. I know he had a couple of picks and that's always sort of been his thing. Uh, but, you know, with a full week of practice under his belt, you know, who knows? Um, I've been talking a lot about Sanchez this week, a lot, a lot, a lot on VGN radio and, you know, the. Uh, the Hoss over at 92.3 there in Lehigh Valley, and it was on uh, Kyle Scott's uh, show um, this week on Crossing Streams. You can check that out at libertybroadcast.com. Get in right this second and do not wait on Mark Sanchez, especially from just from physically a fantasy perspective, telling you guys if you're desperate for a quarterback, you have found the playoff run quarterback for the rest of the year. I know it sounds ridiculous. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to be the best quarterback in the world and totally change everybody's mind, but he will put up an amazing amount of fantasy points. I will add also Jordan Matthews at this point. I know that he's kind of been like a, a, a wait-and-see guy. They had such a connection in the preseason, and it was one of his favorite targets. I think this is where you also can grab him for another week or two just to see what happens and develops with that because towards the red zone and all that, that's going to be a go-to target, something to look into. Tony had mentioned it. I'm, I'm going to stick with that, too, because that is a little curious. Tony Romo going to Jacksonville, playing in London, was on the plane for whatever reason. I don't know why he's sending a guy with a broken back on a plane to London if he's obviously not going to play, but that's a whole nine-hour flight. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I'm curious, you know, James, do you think that if you're at a point, if, you're, if the trade deadline hasn't passed yet, and I actually got a good question from our good friend Scott Kessler, who, uh, does uh, another podcast with the Phillies over there. Do you think that Gordon and a Dez swap would be beneficial at this point, considering what might happen with the Dallas Cowboys quarterback situation? <sighs> Not if you're the Dez owner. I get it, and and I'm excited about Gordon too. I own him on three teams. I'm I'm itching for that guy to come. <laughs> I, I, I'm one of my teams is named hashtag free free Josh Gordon. You know, that's how bad I want this guy back. Um, but I think in this case, you know, whether I mean, look, we saw it last week. You know, Whedon was about as bad as you could be. And even still, Dez had did nothing all game. And even still, he finds a way to get in the end zone. I just think that a healthy Dez has too much of a track record, shown that he can put up points with any quarterback. And it is just too too important to your team to to take the risk on Gordon, especially considering, you know, it is going to be a couple more weeks. Actually, that that part doesn't matter, actually, when you think about it, because the Cowboys do have a bye coming up. So I guess when you look at it, you're really only getting one extra week out of Dez instead of two. But even still, it is one extra week. Uh, you know, I think maybe if you're trading heading into the bye, that's something I would be more likely to consider. Um, you know, Jacksonville does not have a good pass defense. Their secondary is not good. This is a good matchup for Dez. Obviously better if Romo's playing, but I mean, if I'm Dallas, I, I'm with you guys. I don't know how they even put that guy on the plane. You've got a bye coming up. It, it's it's insanity. I mean, if that happened in Philadelphia, we would be, we, we would spend our whole podcast tearing apart the, the Eagles front office. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm, sure, right? I mean I'm, I'm sure they would be doing it in Chicago too if they had some. I'm sure they know. would. I mean, absolutely. it's, it's Ridiculous. insanity. Yeah. It is insanity. There's absolutely no reason, especially if you're a team that has playoff aspirations to send this guy over to London. And especially, you don't think you could beat the Jaguars without Tony Romo? Is that what you're telling us? So I just, um, I don't get why they're sending him over. But as far as Dez versus Josh Gordon, I love the idea. I think it's a really interesting kind of 
look to take. And I think that's important in fantasy to try and find kind of different ways to go about things and, and to kind of zig when other people zag. But in this case, I still trust Des a little bit more than, than Gordon without seeing how they're going to fit Gordon to the offense, how much of an influence he's going to be right away. Uh, I think I stick Des, but, uh, but I like the thought. Uh, Tone, any other thoughts on that? I'm just curious. No, I, I, I completely agree. I, you know, Des Bryant he came into the season, you know, expecting him. He was probably a first round pick in your league. And there's a reason for it. Even even with uh, even with Tony Romo out. Yeah, I don't think that Brandon Whedon can get anybody except for Jason Witten the ball really uh, with any uh, consistency. So, yeah, no, it's not a great zoner. Um, either a broken back Tony Romo or Brandon Wheaton throwing you the ball. But I think going forward, you're still going to want him. Uh, Josh Gordon's exciting, but I, I still I would probably hold on to Des Bryant. Um, as for the Tony Romo thing, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, what kind of a message are you saying? We cannot <laughs> beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. I mean, and then you can give him two weeks to heal. He's got a broken back. <laughs> it's broken. It's yes. in two places. <laughs> It's broken. Yeah, yeah. It's I, yeah, but it's no, it's, big, it's no big deal, Tony. It's totally, it's totally not a big deal. Broken back. It's, it's no biggie. Ro- well, he's a tough guy. Put, what are you talking about? <laughs> Put some he's dirt on it. Bag. I, I, I heard that Jerry Jones is willing to give his wife's back brace to Tony too if, if he needs it. So. Yeah, his first class. Oh, very, very nice owner. Yeah, it's just Jesus, oh man. That's that's what. Well, see, this is what I'm talking about, though, guys. Who's making that decision, though? Is it? Oh. it Jerry Jones is making that decision. (laughs) Any decision related to anything to do with the Cowboys personnel, any decision about playing guys at all is Jerry Jones. Make no mistake about that. Absolutely. I mean, that's people. It's it's just a disguise of Washington. That's all the Cowboys are. It really, really is. Um, And it's it's, that's where I kind of come back to what we were talking about last week, though, guys. I know this is. I don't this what scares me about if I'm a DeMarco Murray owner it scares me a little bit because if Brandon Wheaton's back there you saw it man Arizona's just like you know what screw it stack the box beat us and they and Brandon Wheaton cannot beat you so I, I don't know I, I I still say if you can I don't know it's still kind of a hot take but if you can sell DeMarco Murray still if your trade deadline's still available most of them are closed down I say you move them for whatever you can because I just I, 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 you're on Yahoo. It's still open unless you move. Yeah, okay. You still got another week. There's plenty of people on there. I still think, uh, yeah, I, I think the the Yahoo trade deadline is the 14th unless you tinkered with it. So there's still time to make your moves. Yeah, I, I, I it's again. He's not going to be terrible, but he's he's going to probably start averaging those 11 to 12 point games, and I don't know if that's going to win you a championship necessarily. But guys that can and maybe can continue to do so. Holy cow, Big Ben. Are you kidding me? Six touchdowns again? Are you kidding me, Tone? What is going on in Pittsburgh? Did Todd Haley suddenly find his brain? Like, how how, uh, are you riding Big Ben for the rest of the year? Or is this just suddenly going to be a crash at some point? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you can't sustain six touchdowns a game, but yeah, I'm riding him. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's playing out of his mind, and it's not just Big Ben. I mean, I like Big Ben, don't get me wrong, but it, it now it looks like the people around him are starting to really pick it up. He always had Antonio Brown, who was playing fantastic. Now everybody else. I mean, Le'Veon Bell has really got it together. There's no doubt about it. Antonio Brown, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some some MVPs. You know, I didn't have him as my MVP, but 
but he certainly could have been a first half candidate. Uh, he is right up there. He's playing just fantastic football. Marcus Wheaton's playing pretty well. He's picking it up a little bit. So it's everybody around him who seems to be playing a little bit better. And if if his offensive line could give him just a little bit of time, because he doesn't need all that much, he can shake off a couple of tackles. He's a big guy. Uh, he's going to continue to put up really good numbers. Uh, so yeah, I definitely have him in your starting lineup until further notice. Those Clemson wide receivers had a pretty good week. Martavius Bryant, also the guy that we were talking about last week, scored another touchdown. So it's it's uh, five touchdowns in three games for Bryant. Yeah, it's uh, he is he is on fire. Uh, Montcrief cooled off, but um, yeah. So James, when you're looking at especially this week, you got to be licking your lips a little bit. They've got the Jets, who are just a train wreck. Then they go Titans. Uh, the Saints come to them at home. Uh, obviously a couple of tough matchups here with the Bengals twice, the Chiefs, uh, but they play the Falcons in the Dome as well. Um, I mean, are you, is that, is that probably, if, if you have anybody on the Steelers offensively, are you feeling very comfortable starting them every week? Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like with Ben, you know, like, like Tone said, I mean, this guy has thrown 12 touchdown passes <laughs> in the last two weeks. I mean, it, it's it's so absurd. It's silly. I mean, he is. I, I own Ben in one league, and he's literally single handedly won me my week two weeks in a row. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things where I just feel like you, you, you have to put him out there. You don't have a choice. If you own Big Ben, to sit him would be absurd. And like you said, they're playing the Jets this week, okay? The, the Jets secondary and just pass defense in general is so atrocious. John, listen to this. They've given up 24 passing touchdowns. The next most is 18. The Texans, wow. Bucks, and Redskins have all given up 18. They've given up six. That's almost a touchdown per game passing. They've given up more than any other team in the league. Uh, I mean, this week is a must for Ben. Uh, you know, you mentioned that Falcons matchup. The Falcons, the worst, uh, one of the worst teams, the worst in terms of giving up fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, I mean, those are some plum, plum matchups, especially for Ben. And, and like Tony said, uh, you know, I also am not picking Antonio Brown as my MVP, but uh, he could be. Yeah, <laughs> he's, the, absolutely. he's the next guy who comes to mind for me after the guy I pick. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, and Le'Veon, I, I think you feel good starting any of those guys, especially this week. Martavis Bryant, you got to, you know, be in a little bit deeper league, especially because with Bryant, he's really not on the field that much. I think he only played 28 snaps this uh, Sunday night game. Um, but he's just finding ways to get in the end zone. He's making big plays, and, and that definitely matters, but I don't know how sustainable it is. Um, it's a very small sample size to say that he's going to, you know, continue to put up points in terms of touchdowns moving forward. Um, so I don't know about Brian. I think you got to, as we say in our, our start sits write-ups, maybe you got to feel a little frisky yeah, oh, to yeah. start to start Brian. But otherwise, you know, those big three of Ben and Brian and, and Bell, I, I think you have to start him every week right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you mentioned MVPs. Antonio Brown is could definitely be up there. Uh, let's give out some midseason awards. We're basically all at the halfway point here. Tony, who's your MVP of the fantasy world as far? And this was not easy. You were talking about uh, Antonio Brown as being one of them. There's a couple other guys that I know that you guys picked. But I went with Andrew Luck. Uh, nice. I don't often go with quarterbacks and these sorts of things. Uh, I think the key here is, you know, we start off these seasons and we talk about how how much more important it is to to pick your position players, your running backs, your receivers ahead of the the quarterbacks just because 
at the end of the year, they're all going to be pretty close, and you're not sure which guy is going to do it. Andrew Luck is scoring 50, 60 points ahead of every other player in the NFL, and he's scoring 60 points more than Peyton Manning. Now, the the only thing I could say, the, the caveat there is, yeah, Luck hasn't had his bye week yet. He's going into it now, but still, the numbers are ridiculous. 300-yard game after 300-yard game, touchdown after touchdown. This guy, in in no at no point this year has he scored under 20 fantasy points that was just once and then after that he scored uh, over 30 points about six times for your fantasy team he's been an absolute stud he is the i think the key for me with him is the consistency he's been really good and he's been really good every single game he has not put up a dud he's not going to he's simply not going to uh, so, so at the end of the day, I think Andrew Luck is the midseason MVP and I think he should be the NFL MVP and the fantasy, uh, MVP when it comes down to the end of the year. I don't see him slowing down. Well, don't tell pro football focus that cause they think he sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, it's a, it's a great pick. He doesn't put up a dud. James Zelter, who is your MVP thus far? I, I do love that luck pick. And I, I think that Tony's even more right when he says that he's the, the, actual MVP yeah. of the first half of the season, which I, I think he is. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious choice here, and it's DeMarco Murray. I mean, we all know what this guy's done. Eight straight 100-yard games to start the season. Obviously, last week faltered a little bit with the 79-yard game, but still against the third-best rushing defense in the league, a team that has been able to shut down every single running back they've faced. DeMarco Murray otherwise has just been a monster. I mean, he's been a monster this yes. season. Uh, you know, that O-line is is fantastic they're getting Doug free back after their bye um seven touchdowns rushing he's got 1133 yards already the next most is Arian Foster with 822 and yes they've played the same amount of games um it's just what this guy's done is has been unreal and and obviously you worry a little bit about him moving forward he's got 225 carries the next most in the league is 161 I mean that that's a lot of carries I, I generally tend to think that that stuff doesn't catch up till the following year um, so I'm not too worried about that you just worry about him getting hurt always gets hurt but look uh, you know if we're just talking specifically about our first half MVP I don't see how you pick anyone else I think it's Murray and I think it's easy I uh I would agree with you um uh by the way I was thinking about it uh I was thinking about going this way but um I'm curious do you can you guys answer me is Jeremy Macklin in the top five right now he's definitely in, I mean <laughs> He's he's no, better no, no. than I thought. No, I don't know if he's I, top five. He's top ten. No, he's no, top no. ten. Is he a top well, five fantasy wide receiver at this point? Well, in time? you said you said top five fantasy player. If no, I'm remembering correctly, no, 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 no wide receiver. I said wide. Did receiver. you? Well, Absolutely. if so, yeah, he's clearly. He's yeah, like, and he's he's not only that. You can actually put him. I guess it depends on the individual and how they do their their particular rankings, but I would put him in the top two or three of fantasy MVP just because of where you got him. So, so yeah, we talk about like point. the value, you know what I mean? That was part of the reason why I picked luck. He went in the fifth round of my home league mm-hmm. uh, and he's the number one scorer. And now you're looking at somebody like Macklin who you would have picked up. I don't even know what round my guess is probably the seventh or the eighth. Yep. And now you've got a, a you know, a first round uh, numbers out of this guy. So he could be up there too, depending on how you do your judging. 
Uh, yeah, that's a it, great point. Just real quick in terms of value, but J- John, like you said, I mean, you just look at it raw. I mean, if you're redrafting today, uh, you know, I mean, Demarius Thomas and Antonio Brown go in front of him, but then you know, I could see taking Jordy in front of him. I could see taking Ty Hilton in front sure. of him. There are other guys you'd consider, but he's certainly in that conversation as that next guy after Brown and Thomas, in my opinion. But I, I, I want to go with him, but I, but again, with that value and what he's brought, and it's all three of us have said. Since the beginning of preseason, this is the guy. Le'Veon Bell is an absolutely my MVP for the first half of this. It, it just you know, the re, it's just ridiculous because he can do everything. The, really, the what we all thought when he slimmed down to be a better pass catcher. I mean, he's in wins. He's averaging about ten yards per catch, thirty-two catches, um, and you know he's running for just under five yards a carry. He pretty much does everything, and I don't see him slowing down at all unless an injury comes around. Le'Veon Bell is the man. He can smoke as much weed as he wants to because he keeps putting up those numbers. Go ahead, James. I, I just wish we could we could get some sort of award for all being on this. This was like one of the few guys we were all, all three of us were like, go yep. get Le'Veon Bell. He is underrated, underdrafted. Go get this guy. Uh, it's fun when those work out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember one of our conversations between me and Tony. I think it was one on one of our first shows where I was just like, would you consider DeMarco Murray? And we were like, nah. <laughs> so so he's, the, he's the swing and miss for every uh, for every DeMarco Murray that I say, you know what? They're going to never they're never going to run the ball in the third and the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. he's simply not going to get the touches and he'll get hurt in game two. For every DeMarco Murray, I'm happy that there are a couple of Le'Veon Bells for us out there to hang our hat on. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I mean, that being said, uh, we'll switch it back and we'll go to the least valuable player through the midseason I'll I'll kick this one off first because god I can't I can't wait to say it because it's just been throthing at my mouth since since training camp Toby Gerhardt my least valuable player I mean just talk about an absolute plunge when you saw his ADP in the beginning and where people were taking him in the second and third rounds I think the latest I saw him go was maybe the fourth or fifth he slipped down into there but what just an absolute bombshell that that kind of RB2 type of talk and hype, and a lot of guys missed on him, but uh, I am happy to say that he is my least valuable player of uh, the fantasy year. James, who is your least fantasy, or James, who is your least valuable player in the fantasy world? John, let's stick at the same position here. I mean, I think we can all agree that area, uh, excuse me, that Adrian Peterson is the least, fav- least valuable. I'm not going that direction, yeah, but yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to, Talk about people who have actually been on the field this year. Um, and I'm going to go with someone who's, who's been injured a little bit, but just when he's been out there has been terrible, has, has totally lost the confidence of his team and has gone from someone who was a first-round pick two years ago, uh, second, third-round pick this year, to possibly being undraftable next year, and that's Doug Martin. Uh, this guy just – he hasn't shown up. He's gotten opportunities. Yes, he's been hurt here and there. He's missed a game or two. But when he's gotten the chance, he has done absolutely nothing with it. Yes, it's a bad offense. Yes, it's not the best offensive line. But this is a guy who was a first-round pick. He was like the number two pick a couple years ago in drafts. And this is what we get now. I just, I'm done with this guy. I think he stinks. I'm, I'm happy. I, I wanted him. I wanted him on teams this year. I was wrong about him. I would have taken him in the late second, early third if he had been there in spots where I could have taken him. Uh, it just didn't work out for me, and, and I'm – obviously pretty psyched about it but but i would have done it i was wrong on the guy i doug martin stinks man 
Oh, he, he's my LVP. I like that pick. I mean, that was that was the other guy I was considering there. But I'm, uh, Tony, I'm curious, who is your least valuable player of the fantasy world? I'm going to go again. I, I'm going to agree with James. I'm going to stick with somebody who spent most of his time on the field or at least uh, on the team. Uh, and and that's going to be Zach Stacy. Nice. I mean, look at this guy. Here's a guy that we, you know, we had a great breakout year last year, uh, was going in the second, third round in most leagues. I mean, look, people got a little nervous. I got a little nervous. Uh, and he sort of came off my first round, second round list when Trey Mason was drafted. And you say, well, why did they do that? Where, What kind of confidence do they have? But they opened up the season. He got some touches early on. Uh, then just took a dive. And it wasn't because he's not averaging the yards per carry. He's got 3.89 yards per carry. But the team just doesn't have confidence in him. They're not going to give him the ball. So it doesn't matter if you're a good player or not. If you're not getting the ball and you don't have the confidence of your team, you're a bust. Because two out of the last three weeks, he's had zero touches. Last week, he had zero snaps. He wasn't even out there. <laughs> Didn't even need to dress. They could have they dressed somebody else for the amount of work that he got. So so he's a, he's a complete and utter bust. I mean, the, even if they do incorporate him a little bit into a three-headed running attack with Trey Mason and Benny Cunningham being your third down guy, Zach Stacy is off their radar, and he is my number one bust of the season, my least valuable player. Uh, uh, so far this year, yeah, Zach Zach Stacy is the new Daryl Richardson, and it's just kind of maybe maybe don't hold on to Trey Mason or anybody else that's in the backfield because I don't know what's going to eventually happen in there, but it looks promising for those two guys that are in there right now with Cunningham and and uh, Trey Mason. So you know some things that you can uh, you can kind of attest to, and uh, we're starting to run out of uh, some time here, but we want to make sure that you get all your lineup set correctly. So, Tony, let's play a little Just Get Me 10. I need two guys that are at least going to get you 10 points in the PPR and Standard League. Start with the PPR. Where are you going first? Yeah, here, you know, I'm going to say, and I didn't really break it up as much PPR as Standard, but I can do that pretty easily. I, you know, and I'm really liking Doug Baldwin. I think he's on his way up Ooh, right now. Man. Might get you a little bit more than 10, and I know he's owned in a fair amount of leagues, but still out there in some. Uh, it, he's had 25 targets in his last three games. They're getting him targets. He's catching the ball, and he's going against uh, 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 Prince of Mukamura in, uh, or he's not going against him because the, he's out. So Prince it looks of Mukamura, like less Mukamura. Giants. Yes, he's yeah. He the thank you, well done, Prince of Mukamura, less <laughs> Giants. <laughs> that is my new team name, Mukamura less. <laughs> That's funny on like five or six levels. This is this is too much. What can I say? I got skills, Town. I got skills. I don't know. I don't know even know if I can continue with the show. Shut it down. Let's just shut it down. <laughs> shut right it down. Drop All right, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like George Costanza. You know, we're getting, leaving on a high note. Make it, All right. I'm out. <laughs> oh, I'm very happy with the way this has worked out. Doug Baldwin, yeah, go ahead and give him a start this week. Not my other guy. My oh, I'm actually, Tony, I'm going to ring the bell on that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes! ring it. I'm going to say got? Doug Baldwin is under ten points. Uh, so really? That's all I'm saying. I'm thinking, I think you already owe me dinner. We can. We can. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I got some pork tenderloin cooking in the oven right now, my friend. I'll. I'll we'll, we'll take a little <laughs> dinner bet on that. Uh, I, I don't think Doug Baldwin is. I as much as I want to believe that he can emerge to be a number one wide receiver for, uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't, I don't see anybody really coming out of that. I mean, they are saying, here you go, Marshawn Lynch. And you saw it. They're passing to him too. I mean, it's not like Oakland is a world beater here. They should have, you know, he should have put up 
tons of points against that secondary. I, I, you know, say what you will about the Giants. They look awful, too. And I'm, as an Eagles fan, of course, I'm happy for that. I, I am selling on on the wide receiving core of the Seattle Seahawks, really. Hey, look, and, and I I'm I get it. I'm talking about this week and this week only. You, oh, you know, know, we'll talk about give me give me ten. Uh, you know, the the week after <laughs> in Kansas City, I might not pick Doug Baldwin sure. again. But this week, the Prince of Mukamura less. Hey. I think he's the guy. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the over under is twelve and a half on him this wow. week. And I think you should I think you should uh, consider him as your flex if you're looking for. <laughs> If you're looking for somebody as a bye week replacement, typically I have him as a wide receiver four. This week with everybody out, I have him as a wide receiver three. I think you can get some points out of him. Yeah, I'm, 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 well, that's a bet. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Which is which is almost ridiculous too, because ESPN has him uh, at fifteen point four points. They're just lying to you. Well, lying ESPN, to your face. ESPN just yeah, throws terrible. numbers. And, and, and. <laughs> uh, James, I'm curious, who do you have getting uh, ten this week? This, I, I don't even want to say because I hate this guy. Uh-oh. It's like ah. Uh, if I feel like sick to my stomach having to say it, but I'm I'm taking the same tack, and unfortunately, I I can't say Amukamara less. I have to say Jimmy Smith less. It's not as good. It's not as good. Uh, but I'm going to go with Kendall Wright going up against uh, yeah. a Baltimore Ravens defense that is missing Jimmy Smith. Um, the Ravens seem like they had a really good pass defense. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Jimmy Smith goes down. And, and look, they're giving up six touchdowns to Ben Roethlisberger. So uh, I, I think that the defense is, is reeling a little bit right now after that Sunday night blowout in Pittsburgh. 43 points allowed. Um, you know, again, six passing touchdowns just uh, couldn't do any. They couldn't even stop Brad, Brad Wynn, Wing when he was passing the ball. So, um, just just a disaster uh, in I'm the secondary. Pretty sure you just made there. that name up, like, right? Right? Yeah, Wing or less. Um, so anyway, I, I just I think that missing Jimmy Smith is really really big. The Titans coming off a of bye week, maybe had a chance to self scout a little bit, maybe find a way to feel, make Mettenberger feel a little more comfortable in the pocket uh, and be able to get the ball out to right. And again, for a just give me ten, especially in a PPR, right, right, right will get some targets. He will make some catches. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a superstar or anything. But without Jimmy Smith out there, the way the Ravens secondary looks. I think you can get 10 points out of right this week. A little bit of a homer pick here, but I know it's a guy that's going to get you 10. Uh, I almost went with this as well. I know exactly what you're going to say. You can put it on the board. Yes. (laughs) Jordan Matthews is going to get you 10 points this week. Without a doubt, son. I guarantee you that the the most of the targets are heading there. It's a big stage. Um, Just like I said, I think there's a connection there with Sanchez and with Matthews. Uh, that's a guy that's going to get you 10 points. I, I guarantee you a touchdown against these wretched Carolina Whoa! Panthers. These wretched Carolina Panthers. I love Panthers. that. A guarantee of a touchdown. Our own Joe Namath on the podcast, <laughs> John Barchard, guaranteeing things. I love it. Well, the guys that will get you 10 points, we're all pretty confident about. Uh, let's just say how confident we are in waving some people goodbye. Mr. James Zeltzer, who are you saying happy trails to? John, I teased it last week. I said to you, I said to you last week that if this guy did not show up against the dog, you know what, dog crap, <laughs> St. Louis Rams run defense, that I would come out this week oh, and say goodbye, no. sir. Goodbye. Frank Gore, get the hell out of here. You are not worth owning anymore. He honestly, it should have been done weeks ago. I I don't know why anyone was holding out. I don't know why I was holding out. But he he went up against that just awful Rams run defense yeah. and, and put up fourteen carries for forty nine yards. See you, Frank. Yeah, you can pretty much put the lights out on San Francisco too, because that's uh, 
Wow, that what a way to what a terrible way to for a game. Yeah, to end that was week. one of the one of the worst. Well, who would have thought that a thirty-seven and nothing shellacking at the hands of the Dolphins by the Chargers wouldn't be the worst loss of the week? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Oh my goodness. Well, um, as much as I have, this is a guy I just swung and missed on, folks. Uh, and it's it, you, you try so hard just to hold on to it. The breakout's coming. The breakout's coming. But you saw it on Monday night, baby. This guy was dropping everything. Everything under the sun. Ruben Randall, happy trails, brother. I, I, I can't, I mean, I just can't. I, I really, I, I don't know how bad you have to be to not be, the to be the number one wide receiver. In your, he's, he's, the, he's Doug Baldwin. That's what he is. Ruben Randall ended up being Doug Baldwin. So uh, I, I can't take it anymore. I, he, you can't even get me 10 points. You're the number one guy. Happy trails, Mr. Ruben Randall. Tony, who are we saying? Hoopy, happy. Hoopy. Happy trails. Uh-oh, Robot James. Well, as quickly as we added him and made him the fantasy darling is as quick as I'm going to drop him now in Brandon Oliver. Oh. Ryan Matthews is coming back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be relevant again, guys. Uh, Brandon Oliver slowed down. He had a couple of really good games to start. They saw what they've got. He's getting fewer touches. Team's looking a little bit shaky now. Going into a bye. Go ahead and ditch him happy trails brandon i'm sorry ryan matthews is coming back never been a huge ryan matthews guy but that's the way the wind is blowing uh well i mean that's going to do it for another edition of this week in fantasy week 10 right here on bleedinggreatnation.com and libertybroadcast.co of course if you uh, want some more good stuff i know tony bruno is going to have a brand new show you can check out his old one he was just at tony luke's doing some fun stuff uh there and again i was with kyle scott on crossing streams that just came out not too long ago as well uh, so, uh, yeah, all that good stuff and more, and hopefully all your fantasy wins are delightful and massive blowouts, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to This Week in Fantasy right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. <laughs>